Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 68. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today I am flying solo in the studio, that is. I am joined with a couple of people, a handful of people in the chat room listening live. Of course, I have informed them ahead of time that the listener line, uh, the studio line, I should say, is open and available for them to call in. And I encourage them to do so uh, during this uh, conversation. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's always a little, you know, the, the my faith uh, podcast, faith-based podcast, it's it's always a little difficult for me to to open it up to just open lines because I'm always afraid of what I might get. And as those of you who have been listening to gspn.tv for a long time, you know that we have a pretty clear vision about what we're doing with gspn.tv. Not a lot of this stuff um, happens by mistake or without design. Uh, although I will say that it started out without design, but but then all of a sudden some things came became clear that, that God was leading us in a certain way and calling us to do a certain thing with our lives uh, and lining it up with what we were doing through podcasting. And of course, here we are today. And so with that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give any rules about calling in and stuff like that. We'll just handle it. I think that things are going to go well. If somebody does call in, I think they'll, they hopefully they will have uh, listened to some conversations that we've had in the past and understand uh, the amount of respect and understanding that some people believe different things without arguing and, and stuff like that. So with that, I do have a topic today. And the topic today is, of course, um, I I don't know what topic to give it. it we could talk about uh, church hopping, going from one church to the next. We could talk about, we've well, we've already in the past, we've talked about consumerism and I guess maybe we could talk about, we could call the topic, uh, what is discipleship? What does it mean to follow Christ? What is the purpose of the church? Um, These are all things uh, to, to which I think we could have a discussion or, or at least I could uh, just speak on for as long as you guys allow me to speak without a phone call, or you can call in and we can, and we can actually turn it into a dialogue as well. Uh, Professor Allen says in here, uh, commitment to a local church. Uh, basically, that is that is the gist of the conversation that I, I feel led to talk about today. In the forum this past week, I was talking with a gspn.tv community member uh, by the name of John, and he actually called in and left some feedback for us and asked some questions. So I'm going to go ahead and let him start it off. One of the things that I'll tell you is that um, I, I made a promise to him in the forum and the promise that I made to him in the forum is that no matter what I do, I'm, I'm going to give a, uh, a, a not a response to this question that is judgmental in, in thought or mind towards his attitudes or his questions, but more of from my experience and things that I've struggled with with my own involvement in the church. Now, if you go back into the archives of about the church and you look back way back in the early days I did a five-part series and you've heard me mention it in the past a five-part series titled 
why I hate the church. And of course, I don't despise the church. I don't hate the church. But basically, it was during that crisis of faith moment about my involvement in the local church that really got me to thinking, why why am I a part of this thing? I I needed to start asking serious questions about why do I go to church on Sunday morning? Why do I participate in this thing called the organized church with a lowercase c? And I was reading the book by George Barna at the time titled Revolution. And and he was saying some things that definitely resonated with me. However, I, I, I remember just massively having the, having a massive disagreement with this idea or a thought uh, that you could basically live a uh, Christ-centered life without participating in, in, a, in a local church. And I remember having a struggle back and forth with that thought and whether or not that can happen. And that's not the topic today. The topic is not whether or not should you be a part of a local church, but but more so, what is the local church? What is the purpose of the local church? What is, how do we find a church? Uh, you know, when, when we're looking for a church, maybe you're looking in a, maybe you're moving to a brand new area. Uh, what are some reasons to leave a church? The, you know, and to go seek out a different church. These are the things that I want to talk about today. And uh, with that, I'm going to bring in this phone call, this this voicemail. And I, I just want to say thank you, John, for calling this in. And, and, and uh, I, I really do value the fact that you were very open and honest with your questions and concerns about, you know, just going from one place to the next. So so here's his question. Hey, Cliff, ADG, this is John from Houston, Texas. I'm calling for the About the Church podcast. Um, I had a question for you. I uh, was talking to Cliff the other day in the forums about, um, about kind of where me and my wife were. We, you know, We've been going to a church uh, here in Houston that we, we we were we enjoyed it, but as far as it ministering to our needs, we're a young married couple without children. We're kind of looking for a uh, Sunday school class. You know, I mean, not necessarily a tra- you know in the traditional Sunday school class, but a Sunday school class that you know was kind of grouped around the young uh, young married um, kind of section of life, you know, well, we were in a class that we, we were enjoying, but it was, you know, one exactly young married, it was, it was, you know, I'm 50 and I'm getting married for the first time, you know, with, you know, me, he's 25 and I was married for the first time, and so it was just kind of, kind of awkward to, you know, be in a class like that, so we were, you know, we had no relative experiences when, you know, there's people who have, you know, five or six kids that have been, you know, married for five or six years, and they're still thinking you're young married, and, um, you know, I'm not, you know, so me and my wife, you know, after a while went to, you know, we decided maybe we'll start looking at some of the other different churches around the area. We found another church that is, that we've kind of enjoyed because we find that, you know, it is more traditionally the young married, the 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 more the newlywed, the, you know, we've been married for two or three years and don't have kids. And I was I was talking to Cliff from the forums about this and uh, mentioning the fact that it's just kind of it's kind of a hard trade off because, you know, when when do you as a Christian, you know, go to a church to find an area that that uh meets your needs? Whereas, you know, one that you need to serve in, you know, to, you know, to do God's work. You know, where, where, where's the trade-off there? Because, you know, I, I kind of felt badly in that church because I, I feel like we could do a lot of good things. But, 
you know, here's this other church down the road that actually has, you know, an area that can minister to us. And so I just wanted to see if I could talk about that and kind of see what you, your thoughts were. You know, I, I kind of felt a little selfish, you know, wanting to leave the, you know, the church we were at. It wasn't anything necessarily wrong, but, you know, this church, you know, that we're going to now has, you know, a more specified area that's kind of, you know, I don't know, kind of more along where, where we are in our life, you know, and so it could minister to us a little bit better than where we were at, you know, but I thought we could have done great things with the other church, not that we can't do great things with this one. So, anyway, guys, I know it's probably a, a lot of uh, tongue-tying in there, but I wanted to uh, thank for your time, and I'll just um, hopefully be able to catch this on the podcast and see what, see what y'all have to say. Anyway, uh, thanks for your time. God bless. All right, John, thank you so, so much for calling that in. And, and like I said, I, I as I promised, I, I'm going to share from you my own experience so that I'm not uh, seemingly pointing fingers at you or anybody else out there. If, if anything, I'm pointing fingers at myself. And now, now with this topic out there, you can understand why in the beginning I was talking about, you know, a, a slight um, hinge upon the idea of, of, you know, what's in it for me kind of deal. And the and not that you're saying that, because honestly, you're talking about the fact that, that, well, honestly, churches today are marketing. You know, they are marketing themselves. And many churches are very much program oriented and they have the, you know, the the youth basketball league. They have the karate class and they have the senior citizens uh, adult fellowship hour. You have the young married classes and you have, I mean, they, they basically are putting together programs for just about anybody and everybody you can think of. And with that, with that kind of marketing, uh, it, it's very difficult for us, I think, as believers to, to participate in this thing called the organized church and not come away with the idea that the church is there to serve us. Um, and I, I think it's fair to say that, that, that we've been conditioned in a certain way to think that that's what the church is for. And I, I would say that I have, I, I, I still struggle with this. In fact, um, I, you've heard me say, even in this podcast, not this episode, but in the about the church podcast, you have heard me say that I am involved in a church that uh, that I like, that I feel more comfortable in, that I agree more with their philosophy, that I left a church where I completely disagreed with the way that some things that had happened there. You know, there was some talk about building funds and 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 debt that didn't align with some of the other things that they were teaching. So I thought there was some some very hypocritical things happening within this larger church that that kind of frustrated me. So I went out in search of another church. And I'll be honest with you, it was during that time when I was doing the the five part series Why I Hate the Church that really made me uh, struggle with a lot of what you're dealing with. It's like, okay, how do I leave this church? How do I justify leaving this church? Because in that church, while while the leadership and the overall church may have made some decisions that that I disagreed with, there were some very close uh, relationships that I had with a smaller organization within this church, a ministry of small groups that clearly I, I identified with their vision. 
and I and I and I ended up breaking ties with them and moving to a different place. And I broke ties with them not because I disagreed with them and their fundamental principles, but I I broke away from them because I felt like our this ministry within the larger church was being stifled and stuff like that. And and then all of a sudden I was out search my wife and I, my family and I, we were out searching. It's like number one, why why do we participate in church? Should we participate in the local church? Uh, and if we should, we, we obviously came away with the the decision that yes, we should participate in the local church, that that's something we felt called to do. But what we found was, you know, when we were searching out, what, what place do we want to go to? How, where the, the, the thoughts of how are our needs going to be met definitely came into play. And, and so we found Watermark Community Church was the, was the church that we felt led to go to. And I will be honest with you, it was not an easy decision. It should have been easier than it was. But it wasn't an easy decision. And one of the things that really kept us was not some, it's similar to your, you know, young married couples with, you know, it's like, it kind of didn't fit out, fit into your thoughts of, you know, young married couples. You wanted to be around people like you, uh, but you didn't want to have, the class was full of people who were married maybe a second or a third time or, and, and had you know, four or five children or something like that. And so you didn't find people that you could connect and relate to. And for us, it wasn't so much that particular issue as it was for our, it, the issue was our children. Now at this big church that we were at, the, the, they had programs, they had, they had um, massive amounts of volunteers who, who basically fit um, that that they fit your children into segmented classes. I mean, I think it was like second and third grade were together, uh, f- uh, fourth and fifth grade t- were together. They had everything planned out, organized. Everybody had their own space. It was a big uh, building, so so the facility was nice. It was clean. Everything was new. Uh, the kids got videos up front, and then they had our, the, each class had their own worship team. I'm not kidding you. Each class had their own worship team. Uh, come in and and lead the kids in worship and and they would take them back and and this this each ch- each children's area in this church had a, a had a big gathering room and then they had three separate classrooms to break those kids into smaller groups and the, and then the 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 smaller group of volunteers they had two two adults to every ch- uh, small group of young children within these segmented groups of of uh, Sunday school students. And and they taught from some great curriculum and were doing an awesome, phenomenal job. And we left all that to go to a church that meets in a high school where the kids are, you know, pretty much they're they're broken into four uh, four specific segments. You've got nursery uh, kids that can't walk or crawl. Then you had uh, you had toddlers, the ones where they could crawl, but uh, you know they're they're still spitting up or whatever. I don't know what you call those. They had the toddlers, and then they had like uh, all the way from you know just above toddlers up to maybe third grade, and then you had from fourth grade up until you know whenever you whatever the next step is. So and and what happened was you know the nursery was in one classroom. The, the toddlers went in another classroom and then the the high the high school cafeteria is segmented uh, and s- into two partitions by these drop cloths from the ceiling and and so and of course the number of volunteers in this in this church uh, were much smaller so the children's program was so much 
different. And our kids were like, oh, I don't want to go there. This is boring. We don't know anybody. And of course, <coughs> Stephanie and I really enjoyed the 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 nice uh rich educational experience that that church was offering for the children there and and uh you know the fact that there were many more kids their age so they could connect and relate with other kids so it was it was a very difficult first decision for us to leave that place to go to a place that quote unquote didn't meet the needs of our children now of course you another thing that um i I, I did I ever did I maybe I got away from this but one of the things that I going back to the statement uh that you've heard me mention many times here is that um you know the worship at the the, the worship at our church uh at at Watermark is not the style of worship that I quote unquote like I mean it, it it's it's nice it, it's better than than uh some many other churches but w- what I find myself doing is I find myself Going to a church and all of a sudden being very critical and not critical in a like criticism bad way, but like a critics kind of way, being a, being a church critic, you know, judging the church on its size or its building or or its its uh, class offerings or whatever it is, and that's not what we're called to do, and <laughs> and I'm not telling you. Uh, John, I, but what I've what but what I'm saying is that what I found and what God's called me to is to to understand exactly what that attitude is, and and so I I wrote down some statements. You know, when when I read through the scriptures, when I read through the gospel message, when I especially when I read through the book of Acts, and when I read through the the Paul the Paul's letters to the church and and how things ought to be for the church and how the church ought to operate and the things that ought to happen there. When I when I read those things and then I put my own statement of the church, you know, I want to find a church that meets my needs, that ministers to my needs. I just don't see that as an attitude that that's written about in the scripture. Um and then of course, you know, uh let's see. I basically what it comes down to is is I'm reminded immediately of a couple things and and I want to say thank you to the folks who who are in the chat room because especially I think it was uh uh, Jonathan Nation and Professor Allen and, and some other folks that helped me find this scripture for us. And I'm going to look it up here. This is from, I think this is John. Yep. John chapter 6. And I want to read uh, from verse 60 to 60, 69. 60 to 69. So if I can set the stage here from what I remember in the context of this, Jesus has been going about doing uh miracles he is he is going about doing teaching and many people are just absolutely loving this guy named Jesus i i mean everybody's just dropping everything to go listen to this man speak i mean it was they they were enamored by him and one of the th- things that happened is uh there was some disagreements that were happening some some people were were talking Jesus uh came up one day, and and basically, we're going to just pick up in verse 60. It says, on hearing this, many of the disciples said, this is a hard, okay, so it wasn't disagreeing. Jesus was actually teaching some pretty heavy teaching. So up to this point, people maybe thought that, you know, what can I get out of hanging out with Jesus? Let's start there. What can I get out of listening to this man? Wow, I sure am entertained by Jesus. Uh, 
you know, I sure do learn a lot. I sure do find answers to how to handle difficult situations. I feel cool when I have this eye-opening moment when I'm around Jesus. And so, so in very much the same way, um, you know, when we go to a church and all of a sudden it feels like, oh, now this is a church I'd like to be a part of. If it was kind of like that experience for many people. So so Jesus had had this gathering or this crowd of people who were following him and 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 just found I mean literally there were people who would follow him from one town all the way across to another town and they would continue to follow him. And so uh, Jesus did some teaching and then some things were happening and this is where we pick up in verse 60. It says on hearing on hearing it many of the his disciples asked this is a hard a hard teaching who can accept it aware that his disciples were grumbling about this Jesus said to them does this offend you what if you see the son of man ascend to where he was before the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing the words i have spoken to you are spirit and they are life yet there are some of you who do not believe for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them would not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. Now, this is this is where um, this fits into this conversation, I believe. And it's in verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And then Jesus looks at the 12 and he says, do you guys, don't you guys want to leave too? And uh, Simon Peter looked at him and says, Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and now know that you are the Holy One of God. And so I guess what I'm saying here is that Jesus many times addressed the crowds of, of people that were following him. And he oftentimes said, listen, You've got to count the cost. Nobody goes to war. No no king goes to war without counting how many men he has compared to the other army. No nobody builds a house unless he 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 first does a survey of what all is necessary. You don't put your hand to the plow unless you're ready to go to work. And and he always mentioned this. It's like, listen, you got to understand when you come to follow me, you are coming to serve. In fact, there are some other uh, scriptures that I have here. Uh, Matthew eight thirty four. Jesus looked at uh, the people that were following him. He says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. And when I hear that, I'd love to paraphrase this. And, and trust me, I am no biblical scholar. I've never claimed to be a biblical scholar. If anything, uh, I'm just on par average with any other person out there that would pick up the Bible and read it and sometimes misinterpret it. So let that be said here. But if I could paraphrase this and, and avoid being struck by lightning, I would love to say this is kind of what Jesus would say to us or to me in this circumstance of, you know, well, this church just isn't meeting my needs or, you know, the, the, basically, here's the paraphrase. Then he, Jesus would say to us, if you want to follow me, if you want to be a part of what I'm doing or what I'm calling you to, to be a part of the church, not the local church. If you want to be a part of the, the church, you need to deny your what is it, what's in it for me attitude. 
You need to let go of whether or not uh, your needs are being met. The question is, are you willing to, to just put aside everything that you want personally, and are you willing to serve wherever the needs arise for you to meet the needs of everyone else? That, I mean, that, that's a very maybe hard stretch or whatever, but here that, that's kind of what I feel God's laying on my heart. Whether or not I'm using the right scriptures to, to emphasize that, I have no idea. But this is what I know God has laid on my heart, is that one of the things that I've learned through all of my experience as a Christian is that it's not easy for me to get rid of my, to set my own, to set aside my own desires. It's not easy for me to to put away, put aside my own wants, my own needs and stuff and to serve somebody else. But when I do, I am fulfilled. There have been many times that I have gone to church and my need for great worship is is satisfied. I have gone to many churches where, and in fact, I, we even had an experience um, just recently. With, they had somebody different come up and lead worship in a in a completely different way that's that's unique that that was unique for Watermark, and it was the way that that worship was done that really just moves me. Okay, and so that day, you know, my needs for worship, you know, or my desire for more worship was met. But you know what? No matter how much we get, whenever we're desiring things, no matter how much we get or are satisfied, the true thing is, the, the thing is, is we're never honestly really satisfied because it's like, okay, what next do I want? You know, okay, so you met this need. Now let's go to the next step. Oh, but this is awesome. I love this church. There's there's young adult uh, Sunday school class for me. You know, uh, wouldn't it be great? if this class also had this and then all of a sudden let's just say that out of nowhere just uh, that that desire all of a sudden was fulfilled that we're never going to be happy when we're consistently seeking to to please ourselves but what i have learned is when i overlook what i want and my desires and in the random occasion and again i'm not putting myself on any pedestal here because unfortunately i don't do it nearly as much as i wish i would but when I when I seek to put myself aside and serve somebody else, there is something about that that really just does something and fulfills me inside. And at the same time, I know this principle. I know I know the principle of going and and serving at at you know and and not worrying about things. But it's very difficult for us in 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 the reality of our culture. Uh, our culture, you know, just looking around, it's very difficult for us to imagine, you know, in, in suburbia here in, in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area, it would be, it would be ridiculous almost for somebody who lives out where we live to think about living life without any car or to think about going without, you know, some, some normal, what everybody has. And, in the church, it's difficult for us, I think, to think, well, there are so many churches out there that would meet our needs or our desires or that would feel so much better uh, in leaving this church behind. And, and of course, I was once in a church where there were about 22 people on a weekly basis when uh, we first started attending there. And my wife and I were the only two people uh, that well, let's just say there wasn't anybody within within 10 years of our age uh, anywhere to be found in this church. 
And um, then basically what we had is somebody in the chat room says, I don't have a car and I live in Florence. So there you go. Uh, but anyway, and, and, and it's possible, right? So you're, you're, you're making do. And, and that's exactly my point. But many people couldn't imagine it. Uh, in fact, I know people that have uh, gone without a car that they, they feel like all of a sudden they're, they're as needy as somebody in, uh, in some South African country without water. I mean, it, they, they feel inadequate uh, that they don't have anything. But anyway, back to the, the, what I was saying is that, and now I forget what I was saying. But anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. All right. So, so I'll tell you what. Let me, how about instead of going on, let me just read some stuff that's been going on in the chat room. Uh, Professor Allen says, rule number one of the church search, church search, don't look for perfection. I agree with you there. Uh, there is going to be no perfect church. And the one thing that I've always heard is if you, if you ever walk into a church and you find out that it's perfect, immediately leave the premises because the first thing you'll do is screw it up because you're imperfect and and there's no such thing as a perfect church. Uh, Nation in our chat room wrote, uh, I like equating life to sailing. We, we as sailors have a role to play, yet we do not control the wind. There are times to learn, to do drills, to uh, do maintenance, and time to sail. Sometimes it is in the light Sometimes it's in light wind. Sometimes in the wind is blowing so much that is beyond our abilities. God provides the wind. Uh, Nation also says, when dealing with role of the church, there are multiple potentials. And one size, let's see, and a one size fits all would be like saying you all need to do something. Let's see, you all need to do what? All you need to do is clean the boat. Okay. All right, I see what you're saying. So basically, if in the in the in the art of sailing, m- many people have to do many different things. Okay, so basically, not one church is going to accomplish the, not one local church maybe is going to do the all the tasks that's necessary. Maybe I'm not sure if I understand that completely, but um, I think I understand where you're heading to. Professor Allen in the room says it's a part of our DNA as Protestants to be critical of every other church except maybe our own. Different is bad it, uh, is our basic stance. And I will, I, I actually would um, maybe argue with that statement. Today, I actually see more of an attitude where uh, Protestants today are more critical of their own church and they're consistently seeking out somebody else where gra- the grass is greener on the other side. And and that is definitely what I've seen. Uh, it, it, that has been the prevalent um, you know, basically, it, it, and it's it's church hopping, you, just going from one church to the next church to the next church. It's like all of a sudden, it's like there's this brand new experience that you know that is the cool thing. It's like, oh wow, have you heard about this man? They have an amazing worship, and oh my gosh, it was such an oh you have to come visit. And all of a sudden, they go visit, and then before you know it, it's like the 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 programs and the and the the style. Is just so hip, so cool, and everybody, and it's got such an excitement built to it that people are just left and right dropping any any ties that they had to the church before, and 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 just flocking to this new big thing. And of course, uh, it doesn't 
hap- it, it, it doesn't take long before that that excitement, that newness wears off, and all of a sudden now they're in a, maybe a church that doesn't have that intimate feel like they're used to, and, and they kind of miss that. But they don't go back to that old church. They end up going to a different place and searching out, and and it's on this. People are on this continual church uh, church search. And, and so I, I see that more of a Protestant thing. And, and maybe that's just in our area. Um, matter, matter of fact, today, so many people I, I, I've seen, and, and I am all for church planning. I am all for church planning. But I am not for church planning uh, in, in this instance where all of a sudden you get upset with the leadership. And it's like, okay, well, let's just take you know a portion of this church, split off, and go and, and start our own thing. And I see that happening a lot. Uh, Nation in the chat room says, so are you saying that um, you help people because you desire to, or is it for which you get out of it? And and again, I agree with you there, that even sometimes uh, my desire to serve is is for how it makes me feel. However, there are times, though, um, Jonathan, that, that I will say that absolutely clearly there are times when I don't want to serve, but God calls me to, and I do it, and it's not until afterwards that that you know I, I really start to see the benefit, and so I, I I honestly I think true love consider it requires sacrifice, and sometimes that sacrifice is painful, and so um, I would say true true servant true service to the church or to um, to the body, if you will, and 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 to the kingdom, uh, it, it's. It's not going to be something that's going to be your first choice out of, oh, this is what I'm going to get out of it. So I don't think it's the same, what am I going to get out of this if I do this? You know, sure, maybe if it's put in, you know, $5 into an offering plate because, well, that's going to make me feel good that I helped um, get somebody have a hat for, for the wintertime versus going out and standing out in the freezing cold and and uh, helping people, you know, find a hat out of the box you know, on a day when I'm supposed to be at the Bengals game, if, if I'm a huge Bengals fan or something. Uh, let's see here. Professor Allen says, yes, any issue is a reason to, yeah, he basically says, yes, any issue, any little issue is a reason to leave, is a way too common attitude. I'm a fan of commitment myself. So let me explain to you, um, when I, one of the things when I read about the church, when I, when I read the New Testament, about the church, I read things like this is a family, you know, that this is commitment, that this is, you know, that lifelong relationships. I mean, what if, what if our families and well, maybe, maybe we see this in, <clears throat> we see this in our culture as well. Uh, you know, sometimes you hear about children divorcing their parents. Have you heard about this? I mean, you don't hear it very often, but uh, it certainly comes up and you hear about it. I think it was even on Eli Stone. This child wanted to to get emancipation from his father. And and so so you have that. And of course, you have husbands and wives splitting when the when, you know, when the tough gets or when the going gets tough, the you know, the tough split, you know, the, the two split up. Uh, you know, the, the, the families are dividing. Fi- families are deserting one another. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, families are supposed to be strong. You know, blood is supposed to be thicker than water. Our, our, you know, when when I have a disagreement with somebody who is maybe a friend from high school and we very viciously, I mean, have a, an argument over something very silly, chances are we could split up and never talk to each other for the rest of our lives. But if that same argument and that same same uh, 
the same amount of energy and and disgust went into that same uh, bitter argument, but it was with your 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 brother or your sister. You're you're supposed to be able to get over that somehow. Somebody's supposed to be the humble one and and to move forward and to maintain the relationship. But then this begs the question: Well, then is it ever right to to for Christians to leave uh, church? Is it ever is it, is it ever right? And I'm not going to say that it's not. In fact, I think that there is a biblical principle for such a thing. If we look into um, Acts 15. Uh, verses 36 through 41. Now, when I read the book of Acts and and get into the portion where the second half of Acts, where you talk about Paul going out and, and being an evangelist and going out and spreading the gospel, uh, one of the people that he he did a lot of ministry with, with was Barnabas. And these two were like, they, I, I, <coughs> I'd have to say that, you know, they were, they were kind of like best friends. And, uh, you know, when I, I when I think about who is my Barnabas, I would say my Barnabas would be my friend Robert Johnson, who I've uh, shared in the past is my prayer partner, and we've been prayer partners now going on 13 years or so. And, um, you know, this is the one man that when it comes to ministry and faith, this is the one person I've moved, you know, the, the that this is the person that I've aligned myself with and have gone through together and we've done ministry together. We spur one another on to good works. We we encourage one another. So so we have had this very strong relationship, this friendship. However, um, Paul and Barnabas uh, did a lot of great things together, so, some amazing stuff if you read through the book of Acts. I encourage you, if you haven't got into the book of Acts, just read the book of Acts, and especially once you start reading about Paul and Barnabas. However, something happened. Um, there was a guy named Mark that was uh, doing some stuff with them. We don't understand. Uh, he was he was going around and preaching the gospel uh, along with Paul and Barnabas, and something happened where he left them to go and do something else. <coughs> we don't we don't know exactly what it is that he went and did, but obviously Paul was not very happy about this. So, so with that backstory, here's where we come into Acts chapter 15, verse 36. It says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. So basically, if you can imagine this, and of course it says Barnabas took Mark and sailed off for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left. Commended by the brothers in the grace of the Lord, he went through Syria and Cilia, strengthening the churches. But get this, this this is this is tucked right in the center of this little paragraph here. A sharp, a, a sharp disagreement that they, uh, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. I mean, basically, it's like, listen, they, they, don't, they had such a sharp dispute that they didn't even want to be around one another. And, <coughs> excuse me, I apologize for my bronchitis. Uh, but anyway, it, it basically, they could not stand to be the thought of going together and 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 Paul's like look no I am not going to take Barnabas and 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 if you think about it, it sounds like wow was was 
was Paul having a little disagreement about forgiving Mark? I mean, gosh, what did Mark do? I mean, what? Why did he leave? Did he? I mean, di- gosh, did he really desert him? And and Barnabas, gosh, it sounds like Barnabas is the one who's taking the higher risk. Like, listen, it, you know, hey, let let's let's um let's let's uh let's bring him along. I mean, come on, he, he you know he's back. He wants to go with us. And and Paul's like, no. And they ha- and they have this knock down, drag out fight. And finally, they decide, you know what? After all the years we've spent, or the all the months, or whatever it's been that we've spent going around. I think it's time for us to just go our separate ways. And so they broke company with one another. Now, uh, the good news is, well, I won't, I'll tell you what, I won't spoil the end for you, but I encourage you to read all of Acts and see what happens around the end because uh, it, it, it it's a good story. I found something as far as... Um, as far as this story goes, to, to kind of help us understand, you know, these disagreements that we have, um, this, I, I can't remember where the source of this was, but it says the dissertion, the dissension between Paul and Barnabas was not over a doctrinal issue. The rupture involved a personal dispute based upon a judgment call. To their credit, neither Paul nor Barnabas let the conflict, conflict distract them from their respective efforts of preaching or of spreading the gospel. Making application to Christians today, there will always be times when good brethren or brothers or sisters and sisters in Christ will disagree in matters of opinion. The important thing for us is to keep focused on doing the will of Christ. That is what Paul and Barnabas both did. As a result, perhaps even more work was accomplished for the Lord because of the manner in which their disagreement was handled. So, this this is okay so this adds a whole new element to this whole discussion so so sometimes if this wasn't this wasn't okay for me when i left this big huge mega church i left because um you know uh, uh, i had i really did have a doctrinal issue I, I i really felt that this church was teaching and preaching uh the 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 pitfalls of 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 debt, borrowing money beyond your mean, living beyond your means, and all this stuff by by doing these financial peace universities, teaching Dave Ramsey courses all year, the Larry Burkett how to you know how to do a budget and 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 all these classes that talked about you know cutting up your credit cards and paying down debt and slave as borrower to the lender, and then all of a sudden I had a really huge issue when they talked about their five million dollar building campaign and that that you know that that regardless of how much they money they get pledged right away they're going to go ahead and borrow the you know four and a half million or whatever um to to get the the campaign kicked off and start building rather than waiting till the money was was given so i i i had a real issue there and i think that that for me was was enough of a reason to say okay <clears throat> i'm clearly not i'm clearly not able to justify this in my mind but here paul and barnabas didn't even have a doctrinal dis- dispute. They had a ju- it was a judgment call. It was an opinion, and and it suggested, uh, and and it and it and it shows that both of them went on and they continued to go on without letting this distract them. And so, is it sometimes better to leave behind and to go somewhere else where you can be more effective? And and I think maybe that is the case sometimes. And and I think that that maybe there's a little bit of a difference between leaving a church because of a dispute or a disagreement. Uh, although I will tell you that if if that's the case, I, I don't think we can just 
drop the hat and say, okay, now I've had some conflict with somebody. Let's get out of here. It's got to be. It's got to be so much more than that. It's got to be something that is just irreconcilable. Although when I look at Paul and Barnabas, I say to myself, couldn't they have really, I mean, couldn't they have worked it out? Honestly, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what Mark did. I don't know what kind of statement that Paul was trying to make. I, I don't understand the situation. We don't have all the details, but seriously, couldn't they have worked it out? Couldn't they, couldn't we just all get along? And uh, so it's just, I just don't understand that. And so it's difficult for me to say, you know, well, hang it, you know, stick it out um, in your church. Have you, have you tried, you know, some conflict resolution? Have you, have you tried going to the person? Have you talked to them, you know, and, and, and then it gets all sticky. And then before you know it, you're, you're involved in a bunch of, um, you know, there's gossip flying around the subject and, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating. And and so many many times this is of course if you go back and listen to that um that series why I hate the church. This is some of the things that makes it difficult to be a part of a local of a local church. And and this is the reason why I hear so many people say, well, the, you know, I love I love Christianity as far as what Christ's teaching is. I want to be a follower of Christ. I just want nothing to do with the local church. And and I hear that so often. And, and, and I just, it, for me, that's a foreign thought. It just is. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that I'm always right. And I'm not suggesting that I am right in this area. I, I just, this is what I feel to be true. That, that if you, if you want to be a part of the kingdom, then, then I believe that Christ came to establish the church on earth and, and, to, and, and not necessarily or as organized as we see it today as in the western world and and I'm I'm not sure you know if if it's even in the in the you know the the Roman Catholic Church or anything like that I I I believe that God has called us to live our lives together as a family and to encourage one another to admonish one another to serve one another to be there for one another uh, to rebuke one another, to to uh, to spur one another on to good works. Uh, Professor Allen says, in the same way, I find it hard to be in my family sometimes, but I find it hard to uh, I find it hard to be in the church sometimes. But in my family, nothing I there's nothing I can do about it, and and I'm in the church. So, so the the question I I guess is. You know, and and of course, this is the question that John, <laughs> going back, remember that voicemail <laughs> back in the beginning of this. Uh, <clears throat> this goes back to John's question: Where's the balance of finding a church based upon getting your needs met, and then serving the church to meet the needs of the church or to of the overall body? And Professor Allen, I think it was that that says, you know, that's that's a difficult balance to find, but it's one we all need to find. Um, and and I would say that you you definitely need to find a place where you align with. I, I think that you have to find a place that first and foremost aligns with your doctrine, with with what you believe God has clearly laid on your heart as to be what what should be followed, what should be going on. If you're in a church and and this church, some people are are very convinced that that the you know that every Sunday uh the sermon should be filled with scriptural truth and and all this other stuff and if you believe that that's just the way it has to be then it's going to be hard for you to go to a church and 
and not be distracted by the fact that maybe the sermons uh, are are just practical, you know, ten top ten ways to do this, and and they use maybe just one little scripture here to out of context to to help proofread or to help you know um, drive home a, a principle or a value that's going to help you in practical day to day life, whereas. <clears throat> maybe you have an issue with uh, if you doctrinally do not believe that that women should be involved in ministry, well, then you're going to have a very difficult time in maybe the Methodist or the Nazarene church that allows women pastors. So I, I really, you know, and, and of course, we're all going to disagree on these things uh, there. You know, we're, we don't all agree on the same doctrine. It's not, it's not just mainline versus Protestantism and Catholicism. I mean, even within those ranks, we all have disagreements, and that's why we have so many different churches out there. Um, and and you know what? The thing is, is that you have. To, I think we need to find a church when we go and we're we're searching for a church. I think the first thing is is number one, what is what does this church believe? What is what does this church state as its principles and as and as its values? And do these align clearly with what I understand God's calling of me to participate when it comes to the church, uh, to be a part of the family, and what our overall purpose is? Is it to love? Is it to teach people to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others themselves? The, 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 no, that's the first and foremost. And then all the other things, as you know, does it line up with you know? Does their teaching line up with what we feel is what God has called us to? And if there's a if there's a portion in that in what they you know, typically a, a a good solid church will have a membership class, and they'll tell you about their doctrine. They'll tell you about their philosophy of church. They'll tell you about their vision statement, and and if there's something there that you disagree with, why not go to them and instead of saying, "Well, let's just jump right out of here and head on down to the next church that, that that's on the list," you know, why not why not have some conversations and see if you can understand why they believe that, and see if there's any way that maybe. You know, maybe you were mistaken. Maybe God will reveal something new to you. But um, ultimately, I think that the final decision needs to rest, or the the initial decision needs to rest on, is this a place where I can agree with the principles, the values, and the doctrine of this church? That's first and foremost in my mind. Next up um, is, you know, okay, what, you know, what is it that I can do? See, the, I, I don't think that, I don't think that we have to avoid asking the question of, okay, am I going to be able to effectively minister in this church uh, based upon the type of people here and the, and the stuff that's going on? Do I have anything to offer this church? For example, let me, let me give you a perfect example. Um, I am a technical person and I believe God has called me to use technology to serve the church. Uh, and and much of what I do through podcasting here with GSPN.TV, I believe, is 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 what God's called me to do through ministry as well. But I also go to my local church at Watermark, and I I went up to the pastor one day and said, you know, I, I see that you guys are giving out these CDs. Have you considered doing a podcast? And he says, well, you explain to me what you're talking about. And I explained it to him. And they went to the the thing. And they said they they talked about it. And they said we would love for you to do that. That would be so awesome. And so I offered to do that for them. And then since then, I've been able to help them uh, in understanding some other technology, uh, such as Facebook. And we're slowly moving them into Twitter and stuff like that. But but they're open to these things, and I'm able to help engage them in in using brand new tools that most churches are overlooking. And 
here, here's the thing. I'm, I find that these are my unique gifts. These are my unique talents. And it's my calling to help, help serve my church by providing these tools to help people understand how they can use these to connect people in community and to communicate with one another and how to be more effective in what we're doing in that vision and then that in the in the mission of the church that I agree wholeheartedly with. And so uh, the so basically number 1, what is the mission, the vision, the doctrine of the church? Do I agree with it? Number 2, my question is what are my gifts, talents and what is God asking me to provide as a service to the church? So that should be our second. That should be our second objective in in finding a church. And I personally I personally could not see myself going back to a church where, you know, that the, maybe there's 48 people that show up every Sunday morning and uh, there's absolute there's no soundboard and there's there's no microphone, there's no PA system. Um and uh, the, the nobody in the, you know, maybe only four people in the congregation actually own a cell phone and the rest of them think that, that the ATM is is a is a tool of the devil uh, and they hate technology. And there's just no way that they're going to bring that technology that, you know, in fact, they don't they don't even use electric instruments. They, they believe that that's a tool of the devil. Chances are I'm not going to associate myself with that church. Okay, that it's just that's just not the church for me. the The doctrine of that church may almost align, except for the fact of you know they they I would consider their 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 stance against technology as maybe a a, a point of doctrinal disagreement. So you have to find a church that you can agree with the doctrine, the principle, the vision, and stuff like that. Then you find your gifts, your talents, and say, "What can I offer to the church?" and and then find a church that that meets, you know, that that where your needs can, where not not where your needs, but where your gifts can be used effectively, either within the church itself or can be fostered by the church. Now, for example, um, my the the podcasting and stuff. It, sure, I'm doing that for them, but they also embrace on a larger scale what I do through podcasting. This 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 church is is very much Watermark is very much encouraging of of what we're doing here. They tell other people about what we're doing and and uh it, it it's just really awesome to see see what they're doing. But they understand what Stephanie and I do as as a ministry and they help encourage and fuel that fire as well. So in a way, that's that is almost an, a, a quote unquote need that I have is okay. When we're talking about needs, so so we found a church that doctrinally, the mission and vision, we we can wholeheartedly agree. We find a place that will uh, accept our gifts and talents as a as a viable means of serving the church, uh, both locally and as a whole, the kingdom. And a church that, if you want to talk about needs being met, how about a church that can encourage you? and spur you on in your area of giftedness in your area of giftedness that that's to me that's more important than finding a church where i feel comfortable and connected to a bunch of people who are just like me um i i feel like if we can just find a church that will say okay you you know what uh, I, there are many churches where you walk in it's like okay we here is here's our bulletin and it's a good thing that you came Today, because once a year or twice a year, we do service Sunday where we tell you all the different things, all the different opportunities and places where you can serve in our church. And so here's the list. There's children's workers, daycare. There's uh, 
Sunday school teacher, there's small group leadership and stuff like that. But what if what if your calling in ministry is something that's not on that list? Many churches won't many churches say, "Well, I think you have a great gift and a talent, but gosh, I can't imagine supporting you and doing what you're doing and, and encouraging other people to participate in what you're doing when we have so many other holes that are not filled here. And and so, uh, if anything, what is your unique calling in ministry and how can that be applied to the church and will that be endorsed and, and encouraged in the church? Can, can you find a place that's going to accept you for who you are? It's kind of like in my family, taking this back to the family thing, you know, my children, you know, you know, do I expect them to one day come, you know, grow up and be a, a podcaster? No. Uh, <coughs> well, as a as a father, when I see them grow up, could it be possible that I hope that they'll stay away from certain things and and steer towards something that I think will be better for them? I, I think it might be a little bit naive to think that I wouldn't be that kind of father. Uh, but I certainly know that that it took a long time for my dad to to really warm up to the idea that I wasn't going to do insurance as a career for my entire life. And uh, I was really shocked. I was really shocked. I was blown away when I told him that uh, instead of in five years from now, uh, when he retires, taking over the agency and and running it, I was really shocked when I told him I was going to uh, give a 90-day notice and in 90 days, I'm going to start my own business into podcasting. And, uh, and I was I was blown away when he's like, I think you should do that. I think I think that would be an excellent thing for you to do. And see, that's what family does. They recognize who you are. And while they may not completely agree that maybe this is the best thing, but they can just see that this is who you are, this is what you're about, this is what God's called you to be, and then they can support that. That's what family is all about. That's what family does. And that's what, that's one of the other things that I think we ought to be looking for when searching for a church. Uh, <coughs> now, obviously, um, when it comes to our needs, meeting our needs, um, sure, it would be nice to be able to relate to some of the people there, but I, I think once we get plugged in and we understand that that following, you know, the that this isn't about us. It's not just about the, you know, we're not looking for a, a country club. Uh, the, matter of fact, if anything, I would say that it's possible for me. It, it, okay, it's possible for me. To, to get involved in a church where hardly anybody's my age, where where Stephanie and I maybe are one of only two or three young married couples, or maybe we're the only young married couple. And maybe, maybe when it comes to children's ministry in a small church, maybe there aren't that many children, and so there's no big fancy Sunday school program. Maybe it's possible for me to plug into that church and still have all these other things where I agree with the doctrine and and I agree with with the uh, the vision and the mission of the church and it's a small church, but and and not everybody's my age uh, yet and 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 it's and it's it's rather new, but but they embrace who I am. They embrace Stephanie who she, and who she is. They they understand our gifts and talents. They want to encourage us in that, and and they allow us to to find they they seek out ways that you know allow us to use our gifts to to do things in that church that maybe they never even thought of before. But wow, what what possibilities could God possibly bring through this? And they encourage that. Is it possible 
that I could find myself serving in that family and making a commitment to that church without it having, you know, a big fancy Sunday school class where I I can connect with a bunch of people my age or that my children have, you know, the the curriculum that's set aside. What what if what if in that church Sunday school was pretty much just coloring pictures about, you know, coloring a a a, a black and white outline of Jesus? And and the kids basically uh, trying to memorize a verse and eating some animal cookies. Is it possible that I can still commit to that church compared to another church that's similar, uh, but you know they sure do have a much more fancy uh, and and much more planned out and laid out and organized children's ministry. Absolutely. And in fact, um, now Watermark definitely isn't as low grade as as what I'm explaining, but. That's kind of what has happened for us. Uh, now, in our church in Watermark, there are certainly a lot of people that are our age that are younger. I mean, it, it's it's predominantly younger and and stuff. But I'll be honest with you, it was you know at, at first in high school and, and and stuff, we did not connect with a lot of people right away, but we still connected very clearly with the doctrine, with the the vision, the mission, the teaching of this church, and. In spite of some of the things of the quote unquote needs, our needs that had been met elsewhere that were no longer being met here, we made a commitment to Watermark. And so the question I have now is, could I leave Watermark? Should I leave Watermark? You know, what if another church came and said, you know, hey, we're we're getting ready to plant a church and we would love to hire you on or to do this or to do that. You know, I, I really believe in my heart that my the place God's called me is Watermark. And so if another church down the road started up and it was almost exactly like Watermark, and a matter of fact, it was identical to Watermark, only it had that one thing that I truly desire, which is to have this rocking awesome worship, uh, you know, kind of just experience. And, 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 and it just, it just really, every Sunday morning I would go in and the music would just be phenomenal. And my, my desire for awesome worship would be met. No, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't leave. I couldn't leave Watermark. Uh, Stephanie and I, obviously, we no longer work for my parents in an insurance agency. And we have multiple times talked about the fact, you know what? With the business that we have now, there is absolutely nothing tying us down to Northern Kentucky anymore. We could pick up and move anywhere in the country. In fact, we can move anywhere in the world. And my wife says to me, no, we couldn't. And she says, and I said, why? She goes, well, because our family is here. And I said, Stephanie, you got to understand, people leave their family and and stuff like that. That Christmas and and Easter more, you know, a whole lot more fun. She goes, no. She goes, you don't understand. Our family is here. And I said, what what are you talking about? And she says, watermark. And I'm, duh, yeah, duh. You're absolutely right. I cannot imagine us leaving watermark because here's the thing: we found a place where we feel God has called us to. This is a place, and, and I will be honest with you, there, it, there, when we first started going to Watermark, it was excitement. It was like a, it was like, um, it was like that, the, uh, what's that euphoric phenomenon known as, uh, it, you know, that in love experience, or, it, you know, it, we were very infatuated by, um, 
by watermark and and its vision is like oh this is cool and and it's almost as though when we were talking to to the leadership it, it was almost like a courting experience you know and 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 then all of a sudden we de- we finally made a, de- de- uh, a, de- a decision to commit to a relationship if you will with this place but i will tell you there have been times when it's like oh i don't like how they communicate that and Oh, I don't like how they're going to do that. Oh, I don't like that they're making that decision. And and those things happen from time to time. But you know what? We've made a commitment to this place. And so recently, recently my my brother-in-law just got baptized. I'm very thankful to God for for what what he's done in in, in that situation there and and just awesome stuff. And uh recently my my brother-in-law got uh, baptized and and after we left this big gigantic church where we said that the 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 larger church was stifling this ministry well right after we left <coughs> right after we left this church actually allowed the the ministry I was a part of to plant as its own church so today this this other this this ministry I belonged to beforehand within that larger church is now a church of its own and it is it is almost exactly like what we're doing. They're, they're, they meet in a high school uh, and, and they do things uh, very similar to what we're doing. Uh, and so it, it, it's kind of funny that if we would have stayed there for maybe another month or two, that that uh, that that glass ceiling at, at the top there would have been broken and we would have stayed there. So uh, I've got a call coming in, which I'll, I'll take that call in just a second. But anyway... When it comes down to it, uh, we went to this baptism where my sister and my brother-in-law go. He was being baptized, and it was that church. And it was neat to see those people again. But, you know, at the and, and it was kind of like, man, those are people that we've had friendships, we've had relationships with over the years, and they're still very close to our heart, very dear to our heart. But but at this point in time, it, it's we have made a commitment to to the place where we are now. And, and it's like... And, and, and you know what? There's nothing that says I can't invite those people into my home or they can't invite us into their home. It's not like, you know, an affair, if you will. Uh, it would be an affair if all of a sudden I decided to skip out on the the gatherings of my church with Watermark and, and to go and, and to their Sunday services and, and, and occasionally visit them because, well, it's kind of cool to do both. Uh, but no, I made a commitment to my local church. But I still have these friends, and it was neat to see them. But I saw something when I was there, and I saw something. I, I saw I saw a husband and a wife there. I won't say any names, but I saw a husband and wife there that I remember meeting the first two weeks that I was at Watermark, and I remember this this couple leading a home team Bible study, and uh, and and this couple ends up uh, when when we were at this baptism they also did a celebration of all the new additions to this church and people who were making a commitment to that family and uh, this couple happened to be somebody who was making a commitment to this other church uh, that Stephanie and I used to be a part of the ministry before it launched out on its own and uh, I went up and shook their hands and it was it, I, I will tell you it felt weird it felt weird. It felt as though they were somebody who had deserted our family to go join another. And and it, it felt odd. But, you know, I, I don't look at them and I don't judge them because I don't know them 
and their circumstances. I don't know their search, their situation. Maybe perhaps they had a doctrinal issue with Watermark. And there is no perfect church, and we all do have some different doctrine, different, different disagreements. So it, they may have had a great, very good reason to leave. And sometimes you don't even have to have a great and good reason to leave. Paul and Barnabas, in my opinion, didn't have a great reason in my mind to 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 break apart and separate. But obviously, things worked out in the end. So let me see who's on the line here. <laughs> okay, so nobody's on the line. That's funny. I think somebody probably just called the house and just heard a whole, <laughs> a whole lot more than they wanted to about the church. So anyway... Uh, that's pretty much what I have to say today. Uh, I apologize that it's been an entire monologue, uh, but I'm very thankful for the very thankful for the comments in the chat room that have uh, been going through. Uh, Professor Allen, back when it talked about Paul and Barnabas, how they had a bitter dispute, it says, "Don't you li- uh, love that the Bible doesn't sugarcoat these people and events?" Uh, I do, uh, and also he says, "In the same way, I find it hard to be a part of my family." We read that one. And then uh, when I t- said, you know, these are the things we look for when we find a church. And then he says, you commit to it and stick with it until you have a really, really good reason not to. And then uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, anyway, we'll talk to you soon. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.